0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Poetic Resurrection. And today I'm really excited to talk with Kevin. He is founder and host of Next Level University. And I just screwed up your last name. But hey,
1: <laughs> we're going to figure it out, Sonia. Last name, Paul Mary, because
0: Paul Mary, I keep <laughs> wanting to call you Palmieri <laughs> like the famous percussionist. So, Kevin, tell me about yourself. I mean, I read your bio and you, you're a young guy and you seem like so advanced emotionally that I think that people of your age and younger would love to hear your journey.
1: Well, I appreciate the I appreciate the kind words. Most of it has come from pain and necessity, unfortunately, but the, the man you see in front of you today, it hosts a podcast and I'm an entrepreneur and a speaker and a coach and all that stuff. But it all started for me when I was born. Obviously that's how it starts for everybody. (laughs) Uh, I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. I didn't know my dad. I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. So obviously that that's played a role in the man you see in front of you. But for the most part, Sonia, my childhood was all things normal. "Quote unquote," I played sports. I played outside with my friends. We'd ride our bikes. All that happy jazz. Uh, when life really started to kind of pivot for me was in high school. So I knew I didn't want to go to college. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew that wasn't the path I wanted to take. So I got a job at the local gas station. I would pump gas after I graduated, and uh, I worked from six in the morning till two in the afternoon, and that became my my first "quote unquote" career. And From there, I was a personal trainer. I was a truck driver. Uh, I was many different things. I did many, many different jobs. But in my mid 20s, early to mid 20s, I got this very unique opportunity in an industry called weatherization. And all that means is it was our job to go into these large buildings, usually schools, and make those buildings more energy efficient. That's the best way to explain it. Now, Since I worked on state or government contracts, I went from making $15 an hour at my previous job to anywhere from $60 to $120 an hour on this new job. So this is the point in my life where I thought I, quote unquote, had made it. I had a beautiful girlfriend. My girlfriend was a model. I had just competed in a bodybuilding show and won it. So I had the body of my dreams. I'm making good money, sports car, woohoo, all the fixings, all the trappings of success. But I was a very, very insecure young man. I was not confident. I was not certain. I didn't know what my future held. Externally, I looked really good. Internally, I had not worked on myself at all. So my girlfriend ended up leaving me, as she should have, because I wasn't a supportive partner in the way that she needed. When she left, I determined that the best thing for me to do is to go make more money. Because if I make more money, everything will kind of work itself out eventually. Let's just do that. So... I spent the next 10 months living on the road pretty much because most of our contracts were out of state. And I literally spent, yeah, the next 10 months living in hotels, driving up and down the East coast of the U S staying awake for days on end, working long shifts, driving for 16 hours. That was all just kind of routine. But I got to the end of the year. I made a hundred thousand dollars at 26 with no college degree. And I remember having this very interesting awareness. When I opened my pay stub and I saw that number, I remember thinking that I expected to feel different, right? I still wasn't confident. I still was insecure. I still was all of those parts of me, except now I had more money in my bank account. So I realized in that moment that for most of my life, I had lived unconsciously. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So I did what anybody does. I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. (laughs) That was the very beginning of all this. Uh-huh. And I fell in love with podcasting. I fell out of love with my job. I knew what it took to achieve quote unquote success there. I'm not willing to do it again. I'm not interested in doing it again. So I fell out of love with my job completely. Yeah. I start, I start calling out, I'm leaving the job site early. I'm showing up late. The problem is a lot of my identity is attached to this job. A lot of my identity is attached to the amount of money I make, how much traveling I do, the opportunities I have. So, it's really, really hard for me to imagine starting over, going back, right? It's really, really difficult for me to imagine myself without that job. So, over the next, you know, the next eight months, I'm traveling, I'm grinding, I'm working really hard, but I'm becoming like depressed. I'm becoming very anxious. I'm really starting to struggle with my mental health because I know, I know what I'm doing is not forever and I don't know what to do. I'm miserable. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. So one morning I woke up in a hotel room in New Jersey where we were working six hours away from where I lived. And that morning it was like there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time and every single one is on a different station. And one is saying you're stuck here forever. You're not the type of person who gets this job, Never mind, leaves this job. Mm -hmm. If you do work up the courage to leave or if you're ignorant enough to leave, depending on how you want to look at it, what do you think your friends are going to say? They all look up to you because you make a lot of money. What do you think your family's going to say? They look up to you because they're very proud of you. And what are you going to do with your life? Like, what are we going to do? Right. And here I am at yeah, 20. I'm 27 years old. And in that moment, I felt that if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. And that was the the rock bottom basement. It doesn't get much realer than that moment. Very blessed that I had a wonderful friend who is now my business partner. I reached out to him and explained what was going on. And he said, in his wisdom, (laughs) Kev, over the last couple of years, your awareness has changed a ton, but your environments have remained the same. I think it's time for you to change your environment. So I ended up leaving my job three or four months later and then becoming a very broke entrepreneur, very broke (laughs) podcaster, trying to figure out how to do all that. And that was, yeah, that was in 2017.
0: Wow. Off camera, we were talking about how I experienced very similar. Mm. I was At the time, I was a yuppie, you know, in my 20s, making great money. You know, I was miserable, too. Mm. And you're right. You do think, is it courage or stupidity in leaving? (laughs) So I thought it was stupidity, but I still did it. And then I realized it was courage Mm. because you have to save yourself. Now, do you think that you went through this because a fear of lack. Do you think you wanted to be an entrepreneur because you thought that maybe if I'm really famous and I make a lot of money, then people will love me?
1: No, no, no. I when I started the podcast, I had no thoughts about making a dollar. This none of this for me was about money. I didn't even know you could make money.
0: Oh, no, I, no, I'm talking about previously. Oh, when oh you were uh, there. Yeah, I
1: think for me. Money always brought certainty.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It wasn't for me. I don't know if it was as much about significance. Obviously, significance played a role in it. But I know that growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. And when you don't have a lot of money, you don't necessarily have a lot of opportunities. And you don't have a lot of freedoms necessarily. and You don't have a lot of certainty. So I enjoyed the certainty that came with having money and just the opportunity. Right? I remember... I moved out of an apartment and I left my, so I had a trash barrel that you were supposed to roll out to the side of the road and I didn't do it. And my landlord called me, my former landlord and said, Hey, you need to bring your trash out. And I was like, I just moved like two hours away. I'm not coming back. And he's like, well, you have to do it. And I said, I'm going to call someone and pay somebody to do that for me. There's no way I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. That's what money brought me. It was opportunity. It was, it was, not having to do certain things that, you know, were a pain in the butt, whatever it was. So, there definitely was a layer of significance, but I think most of it was the certainty and the comfort that it brought me.
0: Now, when you're podcasting, because I, I listen to some of your podcasts mm. and I do like what it's about. I like Thank the you. fact that you and your friend talking mm. and it's you play off each other, which is mm. really sweet. Thank you. So you said that when you got into it, you didn't think of money. I mean, I I did the same thing. I got into it. I was actually talked out of doing a podcast because you're never going to make any money. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway.
1: Mm.
0: How do you think that success came to you with your podcast?
1: Yeah, it's it's twofold. One, uh, this is always my analogy. Mm -hmm. A lot of people start something from a place of profit and they try to convince themselves they're passionate about it. Right. I started this from a place of passion and I I had to force myself to find a way to make it profitable because I wanted to keep going. I wanted to stay in the pool and learn how to swim. So twofold. One, we know our audience at a very, 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 very deep level because we've studied them for the last six years. I know our audience is primarily women who want more courage, clarity and confidence out of their life and out of their relationships Oftentimes, they struggle to set boundaries, low self-worth, low self-belief. A lot of that was me in the beginning, low Mm -hmm. self-worth, low self-belief. So you attract what you are, not necessarily what you desire to. So we know our audience at a very, very deep level. That's part one. Part two, we have worked our butts off every single day for the last six years. And we've tried to get better every single day at communicating at explaining things, at marketing, at sales, at everything. So as much as it's about the passion and us loving it and it being the purpose, we've really focused on how do we learn as much as humanly possible about helping more people. So it's honestly, the reason we have the level of success we do is because it's an obsession. It's it's really an obsession for us. And I'll say the third thing is we're trying to have the most successful self-improvement company on the planet. So we have to be more successful than we are forever, forever. Like even right now, it's like, yeah, we're quote unquote successful. We're not successful enough because we're not helping as many people as we could. We're not making enough money to reinvest and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's a very unique mix of right now where we are is only six years into a 60 year journey. So we're not really that successful compared to what we need to be. But a lot of it is we've put in a, a lot of work humbly just... We have worked every single day for the last six years to grow this thing, and we know our audience at a very, very deep level, and I believe we're, we're doing it for the right reason, and I think people resonate with that.
0: Yeah, I think that reaching out, I always feel that if I could have one person question how they live, and if it's really the way they want to live, then you start mm-hmm. the ball rolling. Yeah. And then they'll get more curious and then they'll listen to more things and then they'll read more. And I think that's so important to do that. Yeah. Would you like to discuss one of the things that in it? Cause you, you'd like to talk about consistency and commitment. Mm. What do you mean by actual commitment?
1: Mm, that's a great question. I mean it. I don't know if there's a better example when you, when you think to yourself, what's the difference between a relationship, an intimate relationship? and a committed intimate relationship to me commitment means you go above and beyond it means that you are you're not in it for the for the easy days commitment really means that you're signing up to accomplish whatever the goal is and honestly commitment is growth when i talk about commitment i mean what are you doing day in and day out to accomplish the things that you are telling yourself and other people that you want to accomplish is your actions, is your day-to-day, is your schedule reflective of the actual impact you want to have on the planet? To me, that is what commitment is. And then I would just throw the, the extra thought about a relationship. When you think of a committed relationship, a committed partnership, a committed partner, what do you think? You think about somebody who looks in the mirror proverbially and says, you know what? Yeah, I don't like my temper. I don't like that. I don't like the fact that when my wife asks me to do something, I, you know, I give her crap or whatever, whatever your version of that is somebody who is, it is focused on becoming the best version of themselves in whatever arena it is. That's really what commitment means to me, because at the end of the day, there's a lot of reasons not to do stuff. I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to be a good partner. It's a struggle, right? It's a struggle looking in those mirrors and facing your insecurities and saying, you know what? I was wrong and you were right and all that. But that's why commitment is so important and it's so valuable. So yeah, that's what I would say about commitment. Commitment.
0: Yes, because I know that mindset has everything to do with things. Hmm. For me, you know, I grew up poor. I thought I wanted everything. Hmm. You know, the, the fancy house, the cars and fame and all of that. And then as I got older, I said, you know what I've reached testing points on all of these and I didn't like it Mm. you know so it made me want to change now when you give speeches and let's say you are giving a speech to a woman's group Mm. what is normally your first thing because you did mention that women are a big part of your audience are they a big part of your speeches too
1: yeah, they're, they're a big part of our business. They're a big part of our team too. Our team right now, I think we have 16 people on and 80% are, are women. So it's very interesting what we've been capable of attracting and I'm, I'm very, very grateful for that. The first thing usually is, it's weird. It's almost like, I understand if you don't like me right mm-hmm. now. I understand if you think, who's this young tattooed guy coming in to talk to us about something that he's probably never experienced. So usually I like to throw the disclaimer of, I cannot claim to understand your human experience. Many of you are parents, uh, particularly mothers. I've never been a mother. I don't know what it's like to to bring a child into this world, Never mind juggle the responsibilities and potential guilt of chasing your dreams and raising a human being. I don't know what that's like. That's usually where I like to start because I don't want people to think that I know everything, or I know everything about them. One of the things we talk about most frequently is is self-worth. Self-belief and self-worth, I I really think at the end of the day, those are the two things that are either helping you accomplish your goals or holding you back from accomplishing your goals. Whether you believe in yourself or not, I mean, that's obviously a huge indicator of whether or not you're going to try. And whether you feel worthy or not, that is a huge indicator of whether or not you actually feel like you deserve the results you're working for. So those are two of the things we like to touch on in every speech, regardless of the the demographic of the audience. but I find that that usually lands pretty well with a, a female demographic. And then another big one's permission. That's yes. that's a that's a, a word we use very often is you gotta, again, you don't have to do anything, but giving yourself the permission to do whatever it is that you feel you need to do to fill your cup, that level of just communication has been very valuable.
0: One of the things that I also notice is that I've seen people really go out after something mm. and they they have the initiative, but something blocks it, mm. even though they have a passion for it and they love doing it. There's something that, what would you say the belief system is when you're actually going after something, but you feel blocked? How would you address something like that? Could be a
1: lot of things. I, I usually go to childhood. I mean, it's a lot of... And again, I I thought this way for a long time, and I know a lot of people do. We think the reason we feel the way we feel today is based on what we did yesterday or last month. It's usually unconscious stuff that's running us that we don't even know is in us. So usually, one of my favorite exercises to do is based on self-belief and self-worth. So this is what I'll say. On a scale of one to 10, how capable... How confident, how much do you feel that you could build a beautiful castle, and this is just the analogy, you Mm -hmm. could build a beautiful castle on the ocean, you got a bunch of land, you have beautiful artwork inside, it's safe, the sun's beautiful, the waves are crashing, it's beautiful. It is your paradise. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you believe that you, with your own hands, could build that? And Go ahead.
0: (laughs) With my own hands, no. With help,
1: (laughs) yes. (laughs) So what I'm looking for with that question is how much does somebody believe in their own unique capabilities, right? So just as an example, I had somebody the other day say 10. It's like, all right, cool. 10 out of 10. Awesome. Cool. On a scale of one to 10, how much do you believe after you have worked so diligently to build this thing and it's beautiful and, and you're grateful for it, how much do you believe that you're actually worthy of moving in? How much do you feel like you actually belong living there? And this person was like, oh my God, two, two out of 10. I said, this isn't a self belief problem. This is a self worth problem. So I think when you're low on self belief, you have a fear of failure. When you're high with self belief, you might have a unconscious fear of success. Because when you have a lot of self belief, That has probably rubbed a lot of people wrong in the past, especially people who are insecure. Mm -hmm. And you've probably lost a lot of people. There's probably been a lot of you outgrowing other people and you're subconsciously afraid if I keep growing, I'm going to outgrow more people. Low self-worth, you don't feel like you deserve it. right? I I do not deserve the relationship of my dreams, the body of my dreams, the bank account of my dreams, whatever it is. If you have very, very high self-worth, you might not think you even need to work you might think you're worthy of the castle without even putting in the effort. And that's, that's a very, very tough place to be because that castle is not going to get built. So those are really like the four places I search. Low self-belief, low self-worth, high self-belief, high self-worth. There's a lot of lessons in those different positions.
0: No, and I love the way you bring it across because it was making sense to me. It's like, well, what would I do in that castle? <laughs> I saw myself like people that roll in a bed when they just want a lot of money. <laughs> I saw myself rolling in the house. It's like, oh my God, oh my God. But then also at the same time, there was an emptiness to the house. I was alone.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: So, you know, it it's it just I think basically everything in moderation.
1: Yes. Everything is everything in moderation and everything is personal and contextual. Everything is, right? Like the reason I want to have success is drastically different than the reason you want. What I deem successful is drastically different than what you deem successful. So even that right there, my core values, my core beliefs, my core aspirations are drastically different than yours. So that's why it's so important to, for everything you hear, including every single word I have said here, you got to run it through your own filter of alignment. I'm I'm different. I'm a different human with different motivations and different inspirations than everybody else. And everybody is unique in that. So yeah, to your point, moderation, context, perspective, it's it's important to to see things from your perspective and what they mean to you.
0: Mhm. Have you ever seen a person that you know has a ton of potential and you talk to them and you listen to them. And then, you know, you say, you know, you have value. You just have to believe in yourself. And they actually are more comfortable in that insecurity and they get argumentative. I once found myself apologizing to a friend of mine because I said, you know, I'm sorry that I kind of pushed you into believing more into yourself because I see something beautiful in you. And she just blatantly said, I wasn't ready to hear it, Mm. you know, but yet they'll go to the, you know, see speakers and they'll go to, but what do you feel about all this self help that people just keep doing self help, self help, but they don't apply it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. I, I have a quote that I say, I've said it many times in the podcast. Some people think about it. Some people talk about it. Some people act about it. Some people are it. And there just are a lot of people that are more, unfortunately, they are more interested in the illusion of progress than progress itself. And I think that's a lot of the... And again, I've been that in the past. You go to an Mm -hmm. event, you take a book full of notes, you get home, and then the notebook just goes somewhere and you don't look at it again. I think to your point, maybe it's not the right time. Maybe Maybe it's not the right time. Because the reason many people don't do what they want to do is because they either aren't sure what to do or they don't know how to do it yet. There's a, there's a big difference between an awareness and implementing an awareness. Sometimes the implementation takes longer, right? Or, sometimes people just haven't found the right message yet or the right person, the right messenger. It's, it's, it could be anything. Here's the other thing too. Not everybody is, not everybody is going to do what it takes to grow. Unfortunately. Yes.
0: I've come across
1: that. Yeah. I've tried to have the empathy of this. Some of the most beneficial parts of my life now are based on my growth. Mm -hmm. Some of the hardest times I've ever gone through are also based on my growth. I understand why somebody would not want to grow to the level that we're aspiring to grow to 100%. I have nothing but empathy because look, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Now, do I think everybody would benefit from getting a little better? Absolutely. Because when you get better, your life's going to get better and everything's going to get better. But there's a lot that goes into growth. And and growth, it can be lonely and it can be painful and awareness sucks sometimes. And so I understand maybe somebody is not willing to go through that yet. Last thing, the reason must be big enough. right? If there isn't enough necessity, change will not happen. Maybe to you and I's connection of story, Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to change Sony until I hit rock bottom. That was a necessity. That was a necessity I needed. The reason I've changed so much is because I went so far towards the rock bottom. But I think we need a reason. And if there's not a reason for doing something, we're probably not going to do it. So that's a big piece of it, too, I
0: think. Yeah. And for me, I also knew things that like I thought I should be like this. It's like the thing, I I need to be more like this. But until you really feel it, it's not there. Yeah. You know, you're just like spinning wheels. Like, okay, I'll invest my time because then I'll look like a good person. Or I'll spend my time because then it looks like I'm working on myself or whatever. And it's not there. You're just spending the money and not wanting to help yourself. And change is hard because you have to accept that you're flawed.
1: Yeah. But we all are, and yeah. here's the
0: interesting thing:
1: is you're never not going to be. Exactly. No matter no matter how much self self improvement work, self health, self development, you're always going to have imperfections. That is part of being human. It doesn't mean you're not valuable. It doesn't mean that your your strengths aren't amazing. It just means there's always going to be something to work on forever, forever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah. And that's that's just that's just part of it. That's yeah. just part of it.
0: And people knowing that scares them even more into changing. Understandable.
1: Understandable. You know,
0: it's like, oh my God, if I start this, I'm going to just keep going and going. And going. Yeah, it's life. It's what, you know, yeah. it's the air you breathe, your body changes. Physically, you change. Mentally, you change. It just is part of nature.
1: You know? Well, here's the, here's the other, the hard piece of it. Nothing stays the same. There There is no such thing as maintaining as a human being because time is not maintaining. Time Mm is not the same, so nothing is. So that's the interesting thing is you're, unfortunately, you're either improving or you're getting worse just because of the law of time. That's just how it works. Mm -hmm. That extra inspiration or motivation or necessity of, look, we are either trending up or we are trending down. Here's the interesting thing. It's a lot less grandiose than it has uh, than than a lot of people think. You don't have to say to yourself, you know what? I'm going to read a hundred books today. That's not how it starts. It doesn't even have to be a hundred pages. You could start with a hundred words. I think we have been deluded and convinced that we should set these massive world changing goals long before we have massive world changing confidence. I would say going back to the point of why why don't people implement because they're trying to implement too much. Too much, too fast is not sustainable. Three words, sustainability, consistency, improvement. You can't improve something that you're not consistent with. You, you're you not consistent with anything that you, that you can't start sustainably. That is the, I think those are the most important three words when it comes to success.
0: Sustainability yes. first. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. I used to like, it has to happen now mm. and you know I have to work on it. But what I realized- baby steps. Mm -hmm. If I could get in the habit of doing a, you know, even five minutes a day, I get used to that, then I can do something more. Because if I overwhelm myself, I do nothing. Mm. I end up doing nothing. You know, it's like walking into like, you just got robbed or this a cyclone happening in your in a room and you walk in and you go, no. And you close the door and walk right back out. Yeah. So that's how I see uh, changing. You can't do it all at once. It's too overwhelming. Yeah, And I think we need to be kinder to ourselves. I would agree.
1: But even that phrase, baby steps. Imagine if the first thing a baby did was sprint. It would be, <laughs> be a very weird world. But, but here's the thing. We are absolutely mesmerized when a baby takes its first steps. Why? Because that's where we all start. Mm -hmm. And I think we forget that, you know, just I use podcasts as an example just because I'm a podcaster. You doing your first episode is you walking. That's something to be proud of. Just because I'm sprinting and it looks like I'm sprinting, that's fine. We don't compare babies to marathon runners. That's not the way it works. Yes. We lose context a little bit when it comes to being able to, accurately measure ourselves and our progress. I don't wanna say ourselves, our growth, our progress, our evolution.
0: Yes, cause you know, as a podcaster myself, well, obviously you're listening to a podcast. Uh, <laughs> I thought, should I be doing this? And I know a guy who produces like really famous people podcasts and he tried to talk me out of it. And I said, you know, but it's my way to give back. Mm. It's like, you know, I don't go marching. I don't go to food banks but it's a desire to want to help too. Mm -hmm. And it was a big desire. So I said, well, let me get into this. And I didn't know if I was on the right path. I had to learn how to do everything. And then I started getting guests that were like big guests. And I'm like, I guess I'm on the right path, (laughs) you know, because they were interested in working with me and Like I said, if one person, it's all about your journey. And, you know, I think you're at a great example that people need to take baby steps. And sometimes you hit rock bottom in order to know where you need to go. Mm. And I know rock bottom scares a lot of people. So, you know, you're not going to know about rock bottom until you actually hit it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and everybody's rock bottom is different. Yes, that's that's the other thing, too. But yeah, that if I could leave with one piece of advice Or one quote or one understanding. And this is this is from I've been on two thousand episodes at least between our show and other shows. Mm -hmm. From day to day, progress is invisible. I recorded four, five, six episodes yesterday. I am no better. I am no better of a communicator today than I was yesterday. And if it's better, it's not measurable. But from year to year, progress is impossible to miss. Now here's the interesting thing, both positive and negative both positive and negative from day to day the progress is invisible i went to the gym yesterday i went to the gym today nothing happened damn okay i'll try again tomorrow that's you know that's a positive but the negative is too well i skipped whatever right my my partner and i aren't checking in i'm spending more money than i should from day to day that doesn't add up but from year to year it makes a lifetime of difference so that is what i would i feel like that kind of connects everything we were talking about nicely
0: perfect how can people reach you
1: Just look up the podcast. That's usually where I send people just because you're already listening to a podcast. Uh, Just search Next Level University. We're on all the podcast platforms. We're on YouTube. So so we do an episode every day. You'll either love us or get sick of us very quickly. Either way, uh, we appreciate your support.
0: Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast. Available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, google music and many other podcast platforms please visit us and subscribe to our newsletter at poeticresurrection.com for the latest information and updates